Welcome to the Saggy Short Podcast with me, Gareth Lewis. This week I have with me from Northern Ireland, Hazel McGuinness McQuall. Hazel believes she has always been aware of the spirit world and has had an amazing journey working with spirit. She's now taken her work to work alongside the police on so many occasions helping to solve murder cases and finding missing people. Believe me, she's got an amazing story to tell, so I can't wait to introduce you to medium and psychic detective Hazel McGuinness McQuall. Okay, so welcome, uh, Hazel, and uh, welcome to the Psychic Chat Show. It's uh, lovely to have you on. Thank you very much for asking me to come on. No problem, no problem. It's uh, an amazing story you've got, and you've got some amazing experiences uh, I know you're going to share with everybody today. So I'm looking forward to uh, hearing all about it. It's one thing that's always fascinating me is when mediums and psychics actually work uh, alongside the police. And I'm sure we're going to go into that uh, just very shortly. But before we do, uh, Hazel, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you know, have you always been aware of spirit? And if so, what's your earliest memory? Um, originally, when I look back, I possibly when I was about eight, seven years of age, I um, first seen, the first per- per- spirit person I ever saw um, was all in white. And it was a male. And I had no fear. And um, that was the first time. And then as I got older, I could always feel spirit around me. And sometimes when you're a child, like most children would be afraid. I had no fear, to be perfectly honest with you. But my mother had the gift and ability as well. And as I got older, I always had this feeling, like a known feeling is the way I would explain it. And I could sometimes I was actually hear voices. When you say you hear voices, I could hear spirit. So it, it's always been there. And then gradually, as I got older, my mother passed away 16 years ago. My gifts got stronger and stronger. And it sort of came to the, it came more then. Right, okay. So, so that's a lot to do with um, my abilities. My, both my parents, my other, my father actually, he's 90 and he's psychic. He's still I, alive. I asked your family as well. I was going to ask you about uh, whether the mediumship, psychic abilities, do they actually run through both sides of your family or? Uh, yeah, it's brought on to both sides, yeah. yeah my mother and my father, them, yeah. Are both of them aware of a uh, spirit? Are they both aware of spirit or? Sorry, what did you say? I'm sorry, I'm going to say, are they both aware of spirit? Are both parents aware? Yeah, my mother my mother was very much aware and she used to make predictions and different things. She never did it as work. My father, yes, definitely, 100%. He would, I remember him actually saying to me about two years ago, talking about spirit and seeing them when he was a young child as well. And it's always been there. So it's very, very strong both sides. Good. So how did that uh, affect you growing up as a child? You know, did you feel different? Did you feel like when you was in the playground or when you was out socialising with your mates? Yeah. Did you pick that I always, I, yeah, I always felt, sometimes actually felt like I was like, the, not in a bad way, you know, the black sheep of the family in a sense, slightly different than the rest, because it's sort of, you felt completely different than everybody else around you. And like, you would feel things, see things, hear things. And sometimes you think to yourself, am I hearing this? Am I seeing this? You know, in your own mind. Yeah, very much felt different than the rest, 100% on that, as you get older too. Yeah, and did your mates, uh, as they become more aware of, uh, of what you could do, and what did they come up to you, say you was on a night out or something like that? Did they come up and say, oh, have you got anything for me? Or can you read me palm? You know, I have things like that. So did you have your friends coming up, not not abusing your gift, but, you know, uh, what do you tell them about, are they going to meet someone new? Yes, I've had um, situations like that over the years. And I actually, to be perfectly honest with you, got to the stage where I had to make a rule 
um, that I was never going to do readings for family or friends because it's like you, you can't cross over onto that because they're looking for the medium psychic all the time and then there's Hazel as well. So no, I made a route. Definitely no, no friends or family for readings, no. no Just, I, I mean, that's my personal choice. I, I said in one of the uh, episodes to come up uh, in the future, you'll hear me talk about not working with people I'm not close to and not working with my family. I and mean, my partner told me all the time, all the time and said, oh, why didn't you give me cards? Or, oh, why can't, you're supposed to be a medium. I'm like, no, because I've had bad experiences, you know, working with people close to me and getting yeah. these, these situations, I don't really want to be in, you know what I mean? When you when you actually, so you understand this. So when when one of your yeah. friends a situation, you pick up on that, you then puts become you part of that situation. You it know? puts you in a very awkward position. You can see things sometimes that, if it was a complete stranger and you're doing a reading for somebody completely you don't know, you can flow with it. When it's somebody that you're emotional with or a friend or somebody you're close to, you're sort of hesitant. And I think it's better, and in my opinion, not to do readings for friends or family. Just don't do it at all. I, I think there's a line you just Yeah, I think you're totally right with that. You know, that's a good way to go ahead. And then you're not because not only that, you, you know things about them as well, you know. So you know the personality, you know, so yeah, not, and, and that, you're not going on a clean slate. You're not starting off on a clean piece of paper. You're starting off with somebody you already know about. And you, when you want to do a reading, you want to be clear about everything. And if you know something, it's too difficult. You can't do it right. Yeah, yeah. So when people come to you for a reading, um, do you, I mean, obviously you don't want to know anything about them, uh, but no. do you get, not do you get any information, do you get as little as possible is what I'm trying to say. Do you not want to know, what I'm saying is you don't want to know anything about them when they walk in. Yeah, I personally make it as difficult as possible for myself, okay? I don't take second names for the bookings. Don't take second names. Somebody rings up, book them in, their first name. That's it, a phone number. So you could be anybody, okay? And at the minute, because of lockdown, I'm doing phone readings. But even with, if people are coming to, the, to, to see me in my reading room, which is in my home, right, I still only would take their first name and a phone number. That's what I do. So that way nobody can turn around and say, which of course there's a lot of people out there that are very skeptical about this, which I can respect and understand as well. They can't turn around and say, oh, she checked me up on this, she checked me up on that. Well, I couldn't have because I don't even know your second name or where you're from. Yeah, yeah. So I make it as difficult as possible personally for me to prove what I'm actually doing. Especially so. in this day and age. I mean, when I first started about 26 years ago, whatever it was, uh, we didn't have Facebook and we didn't have, you know, things like that. Uh, so mm -hmm. now people say, oh, you read it on Facebook, or oh, you read it on the internet, or, you know, and uh, to me, it's just like, well, I've got other things to do rather than Google who you are, you know, uh, so I'm exactly the same, I want to know as little as possible, and then the reading then becomes as genuine and as honest yeah. as people as what we set out to do. So what actually took you from, we know you, you know, your family were interested and we know uh, that you uh, always had the ability to link in with spirit. What took you from either going to your first medium or going to your first spiritualist church? What took you to say, you know what, I'm going to look into this more? I, well, I was, I'll to be honest, what happened was, right, after my mother had died, it was a year after my mother had died, and I was actually at the front of the house, and I'll never forget it. I was pulling the bin out one night, and I turned around very, very quickly. I seen the outline of a figure. And I said to myself, I'm either seeing spirit people or I'm away with the fairies, no disrespect. That's been totally straight about it now. I'm very sort of honest about this, right? And I remember thinking, no, this is developing more. It's coming to the fore more. And I decided to, somebody had given me a pack of angel cards. 
and they'd give me a pack of tarot cards as a gift. And I was playing with them, never read the books or anything. And I knew what every card meant. I'd never read, done anything with them before. And I decided that I was going to start my business, Sapphire. I was called Sapphire because I was born in September. Okay. And the first two people I ever did readings for, because you always remember the first two people, that always sticks in your head. And it gradually went from that. And then I decided to look into the spiritual church in Belfast. I wanted to do platform work. So you had to go through the different guidelines to do the church work as well. It's very, very different when you're doing private readings because you can do it your own way. When you go to the church, you have to go by their guidelines and you have to be very careful when you go on platform, you're doing mediumship and you're not doing psychic which I can respect as well, because everybody has to follow a certain path. And I love doing the platform as well. It was lovely in the spiritual church, but then I like going different roads, traveling different paths, do you know that? Yeah. So um, you went to the spiritual church and obviously you've done a few demonstrations there. So you've worked for them, you know what it's like. And we'll go on mm. to more uh, demonstrations and, and what your, your future holds. Because I know you're going to be changing your pathway and going into more, should we say, public uh, rather than yeah. church, uh, church work. Just before I move on, I'm, I'm, I really do want to get on to the police side, but I'm just a bit interested in, I was talking to a lady, and um, again, it's, it's in a future episode, uh, from Germany, and we're talking about the difference. Can I just ask you, is there a difference, I know you've not worked in the UK, uh, you know, you, you've not been over here and done demonstrations. I have actually worked in the United Kingdom. All right, so you've done demonstrations, but okay, that's, that's perfect. So then, sorry, forgive me, I thought you hadn't. Uh, so you've worked no, I have. So what's the difference, do you think, or is there a difference between Northern Ireland and the UK as far as it being accepted? Because in, in sorry, in England, in England, it's widely, you know, accepted. Is it? Um, I have, yeah, I have worked in the United Kingdom, actually, on um, two different cases, and they both came around. I actually personally didn't go looking for any of the cases. They sort of came looking for me. It was circumstances that I met different people along the way and they asked me to look at something. I gave them information and the police contacted me. Then I worked with the police on these different cases. Um, Northern Ireland was slightly more closed minded because they're very much like, you'd nearly have to spin on your head, no disrespect to prove what you're doing. So I was in England first, then I came back. And then a few years ago, there were certain things happening in different cases that I was involved in that the police at the beginning were very skeptical about me because like, you know, I was sitting there and there's this policeman says to me, well, I don't believe in any of this, he was a detective. I says, well, that's fine. I don't expect you to believe in me. Just let me go with what I've got and we'll see where this, where it comes to. I give information and detail that there was no way on this search anybody knew about, even the people surrounding the case, the family didn't know. They had a file, the police, and there were specific things that I said that they would have, they would have known about but nobody else would have known about it. And it was enough for them to realize, oh my God, she actually has got things here that nobody knows about, but it's in our file. Mm -hmm. And I had described something that no way in this earth would anybody have known. So was that your first case with the police? And if not, how did you start? So how did that come about then? How did the, did the family recommend you to the police? Did, you, did the police approach you? How did you get involved in your first case? How did I get involved? By accident, actually, I didn't go looking for any of these cases. Basically, what happened was a few years back, a lady had come to me for a reading. And then what happened, she'd asked me a question at the end and I'd said certain things detail. And a few months later, what I had stated had actually happened. 
And then they contacted me asking me, how was I aware of this? How did I know about that? And explained it all. And then shortly after the remains were found and there was a burial, I was taken to the house to meet the rest of the family. And there were certain things that I had said. And the police had said to me, you've named the person in question that is under suspicion for this particular murder. Right. And there's little things like sometimes in a case, it's the little tiny detail is more important than the big detail. That's what I've learned from a lot of cases, whether it's murder cases or missing cases. It's not the big stories or the storyline. It's the detail, a small piece of detail actually can bring it all together. And that's what I've experienced. The police over here are more understanding now. I've also worked in the Republic of Ireland as well with the guards. Right. So, so I've gone full circle now. Right, so we'll, we'll go on to a different forces and different countries and um, accept it. So on your first case, did you help to solve the case uh, or, did yeah. you, or was it just finding the remains? Did you, did you manage? Saw, what happened was I had said that this particular, I had no idea at the time, I had said that this particular, there was going to be remains found and there was going to be a certain map detail information and it would happen in a period of time. And um, within the period of time, there was a map put through a letterbox and detail and I just described everything. And they found the remains. And then I was asked a few weeks after that, would I go to the particular area with the police? And I went and they said to me, like, it's like nearly trying to make, sort of prove your, prove your right yourself. Point out where you think the body was found. I pointed, I stood in the area where it was found. And that wasn't public knowledge. Nobody knew about that. And I said also that there would be two other two other bodies found within a few months, and the two two other remains were found. So the detail was very very specific. So two other two other completely missing people cases missing people would be found. Were they? Yeah. In, were was, they sorry, I was going to sorry. ask you. Was were they related to the same case, or were they completely? No, different? it was a different. It was a different cases because when I was when I had been brought up to the area and I was standing there. I had said, because oh, I get the visions of detail. I'm saying, I said, there's two other, there's two other bodies that have been moved that are going to be found in this particular area. And a few short months later, they found remains not far from where I was talking about yeah. as well. So sometimes when you start on one case, they're not linked together, but it brings you from one spirit to another spirit. It's like you're almost meant to go when I was meant to go on that line. I didn't look for it, it came looking for me. And they gradually went from there. So these are um, these were murder cases, obviously, where they yeah. obviously they were found. And um, <clears throat> are you not? I'm not going to say you're not scared. You're not worried that you've now convicted someone who thought they got away from it uh, for it, you know, and uh, now they're being arrested for a crime they committed, and it was you who, who sold it. Would you not be kind of like concerned they come after you and uh, you know? Uh, no, do you know why? Oh. Because the somebody else, funny enough, asked me a long time ago. I I love what I do in my work, my mediumship psychic, okay? And spirit world is very protective of me, okay? I was meant to do that to help for those people's remains to be found. Spirit wanted them to be found. If I was going to be, if my life was at risk, they wouldn't have let me go down that path. So I, I have no fear. What I got from that was people needed answers. They got closure. And that was more important than anything else. And that's what it's about. Like, okay, some people might think it's risky what I do, but it's not. I'm trying to give people answers to questions that they've waited a long, long time for. Mm -hmm. So do you work then on um, 
more of a clairvoyant level when you're doing this uh, so then you you're working on it like you, you can see the place where it is in your mind and you can see the area uh, and you're, you're was, there do you actually then feel the emotion of the spirit as they were having that horrible experience you know of how they were actually taken I basically I give an example could be right just for talks like let's say that um just to give you a hypothetically speaking for a minute okay let's say somebody came to me and they just gave me a name of somebody that's missing just for talks like that's all I had a name okay I can get very specific visions detail I could have three or four days and I will start to get visions when I'm sleeping I know this sounds and I can start to feel how the person how the person passed specific cars travel what the person looked like i get the end this this is how i work i will get the end with the person the remains how they were killed then i get the middle of the story then i get the start of the story that's it i have to go back that way and it's always the little tiny detail as you're going back it's always the answer to it just a little bit some detail you all put it together and that actually brings the whole thing full circle that's how i work that's interesting to know that you actually work from uh, and really if you look at it that's that's quite logical really because you 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 find in the remains first rather than starting at the beginning of the story and then well where are they you know uh, so that, that's quite interesting so we know you've done a worked on a couple of murder cases and you know and helped the police to solve them what about missing people who were not past the spirit world uh, do you get people coming? Can you find such a body they've been missing for, and they're still alive? Are you able yeah. to uh, to locate them? Have you have you found anybody who's missing but not been passed? No, not not anybody that's missing that's, that's alive. No, most of the, the cases I do are people that are already passed in spirit. So, so what I'm, I'm, if someone say is or came to you and said, uh, let's just say um, my friend uh, went missing two years ago and uh, they don't know what happened to him you know um but they think that they're still alive then you've got that that responsibility then to know that they're not alive yeah and exactly they're them, and now you're telling them because the friend has come through they've actually passed yeah. now that must mm -hmm. be not only a responsibility for you you know and, and quite difficult really to tell someone we don't know where they are but i know they're not here anymore um i i i find personally it's a, it's a very big responsibility and like you didn't you need to be very very careful when you're in that situation because at the end of the day people's emotions are running high and like when you have something very specific and it's very very detailed because i do get an awful lot of detail and <laughs> when i give something to somebody and then I walk back. So even if somebody comes to me and says they think the person's alive, but I know that the person has passed, I give certain details so specific that they're able to go. I would say to the person, listen, okay, take this, check it out. And then the next thing I know, the police will be on contacting me about it. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. I've never gone looking to work with the police. No. The police come looking for me. That's the way it, that's the way it goes, to be honest. As long as the police are knocking on your door for the right reason there, so then it's Very all true. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it, it is. It, so we, you've talked about, so you've worked with one force uh, initially, you work with one force, and then obviously, mm -hmm. just like anything, just like our work, it's recommendation and it's passing your name and you've never put yourself out there. It's just no, one police force turned around to another police force and said, well, 
this worked for us, you know, and you've, you've been passed that way. You said that you yeah. went to, or you worked with the uh, Republic of Ireland. Uh, yeah, in the Gap, yeah. Ireland. Uh, where was that, sorry? I've worked, I've worked with the Guards in the Republic of Ireland on two different cases as well, both very, very, um, both murder cases mm -hmm. and um, both very complicated cases, very, very different types of cases, to be honest. And um, it was actually somebody in the Northern Ireland police had recommended me to the Republic of Ireland police. This is how it came around, right? And they asked me to have a look at a photograph and look at certain things. So I went and had a meeting with them. And then they took me and talked to me again. I had a few meetings and they asked me specifics around the situation and I gave them the detail that I was getting. And then they went away off to search this particular area to find what they could find. And they did find what I had said they would find. Right. Which helped their case further. So, uh, uh, correct me on this, please, please do, uh, and my ignorance. Go ahead. We know there's, over, over the history of Ireland as a whole, we know there's a mm. difference between the two countries. Okay. Yeah. So on that religious side, okay, so now you're going from Northern Ireland uh, to the Southern Ireland to, to the Republic of Ireland. Okay. Mm. Are they still welcoming, you know, to, to you? Because there is a, the, Ireland is a religious person, you know what I mean? It's a very, you know, either Catholic or Protestant kind of, it is a country where it's got a real good, and real respect for its religion, hasn't it? Yes. I See, I'm originally from the Republic of Ireland. I'm originally from Southern Ireland. Right. Okay. And I lived in the Republic of Ireland for years. And then I moved to Northern Ireland over 20 something years ago. Yes, Southern Ireland is very much either Protestant or Catholic. But over the last, I would say, 10 years, they're more open-minded to mediums and psychics. Definitely. Now, more so than before. And they have their own beliefs, of course. But at the same time, because of cases and circumstances, it has helped people. And that's the most important thing. If something, if you have a gift and ability, which I have, and you can help somebody and it gets you answers, that's the most important thing. I've met Protestants, Catholics, it doesn't matter what religion anybody is. If they need answers, they need answers. Yeah, and really, you know, it, that's right. And, and not to disrespect anybody's belief, you know, we've all got our own belief and it makes us, if our faith, whether it's spiritualism, uh, Catholic, uh, whatever it may be, as long as you've got something from it, it's fine. Mm. Now, to be able yeah. to, well, especially uh, Catholic religion, which I'm talking to someone um, uh, in a future episode about the changes from changing from that religion to another religion, uh, you know, and how that affected. To be able to welcome now um, us weirdos, you know, us, us <laughs> the dead, um, where at one point we were already strung up in the in the square and and. Uh, honoured us to be able to welcome us you know and, and accept us and uh, allow us to help them uh, in cases like this you know that tells you that the world has moved on quite a bit you know i agree with i agree with you there because this is this i'm actually this is really this is you'll find this strange but it's not strange i'm the only medium and psychic in the whole of northern ireland and southern ireland okay this is, this is unreal that has an our lady medal on my neck okay and my mother had a great belief in Our Lady, and I have a great belief. So that's my personal view. I don't push it on to anybody else. Yes, people would say to me, but you're a medium psychic. You're not supposed to believe in Our Lady. I have my own personal beliefs. And I remember a very, very talented lady years and years ago said to me, you have the religious community and the spirit world behind you. It's a laugh. And at the end of the day, you have your own beliefs. But my, my take on life is it doesn't matter what religion you are. 
if you need help and support, you need help and support. Religion doesn't come into it. No, definitely not. Definitely not. And, and I totally agree with her. My uh, my partner, she's she was brought up a Catholic, and she believes one hundred percent in our lady. You know, she always mm -hmm. says. Uh, she always refers to when there's a problem that our lady, she, yeah. you know, she helped to solve that problem, whatever it may be. You know, she's got such a great faith, but also she's got the understanding of my religion and also my yeah. belief. And you know what? It doesn't matter what you believe in. Like I said before, as long as you get a comfort, you know, why can't you That's have it. your beliefs? You know what I mean? Why do you have to just be... So we're going up to a different subject now, it is. We're going into politics. Uh, and we don't want to go down that road. But no, it is... You have to get judges. <laughs> But, but it, it, it's interesting to talk about, you know, that, that's why everybody, I've got the disclaimer right at the beginning, you know, just a couple. <laughs> um, so let's get back to the uh, to the point of the matter. But it is, it's wonderful that you've done that. Now, what I wanted to ask you was, uh, as well, we talked about Ireland as a whole and the two parts of uh, two different countries there. You go into places like America, uh, which mm -hmm. is more, should we say, more documented, as in TV shows, uh, TV documentaries and that kind of thing yeah. where you see psychics being brought in with the police so it's kind of it comes across to me it's more openly um, accepted over there with the police is it still hush hush over here uh, in the UK that's Northern Ireland and England or do you think not, no not as much no not it's not hush hush right if you're working on a case, you can't really discuss the case because the case the case hasn't gone to court, okay, for toxic. So a lot of the cases will be kept not undercover, but they'll be processing in the background. And you'll be brought in to look at things and give detail and information. And I used to make it really hard on myself at the start by saying, don't give me too much, just give me a photograph. And then I was thinking, I'm really making it hard. Just give me what you have and I work with what I get myself. That's the way I work now. And I find that they're not as cloak and dagger now. It's more open-minded about everything. So um, why do you think then, as I said, going back to America, which we know because we've seen the documentaries and we've seen, you know, the, uh, the articles and what have you. Why is it then we don't see people like you on TV shows and like on the front of a newspaper you know, is that part of it then, hush, hush? Do, do we, are we a bit more kind of like um, very British and we don't talk about those things, you know, and upper lip, you know? Are you in a way or why, why are we not kind of publicly put out there like they are in America? I think my personal take on that is right. You can have 10 extremely talented psychic meetings, okay? You can, but you could have 20 false mediums that's been straight about it right and when you're up against that you've got a lot of people that believe a lot of people say oh god no that's that's all nonsense whatever and then when you do get and you do have a medium that helps the police which i have done right and i've done the republic of ireland the guards as well and this is the first time i've ever really talked about it i came out on my page last year to mention it because i would normally go do something close the door on that case and move on but then i thought no there might be other people that need my help so i'll mention it in passing it's not that they're it's not that it's under the radar. I think there's so many people out there trying to be psychic mediums and they're not. And that's up against people that actually have the talent and it's sort of swept to the side. And that's been totally straight about it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, 
you've got to look at it now, just thinking about it. There have been shows in the UK uh, with the late Colin Fry and Tony Stockwell where they've done their investigation documentaries. So there, there have been, you know, we've got to say there have been a couple. Um, mm. But, you know, I do think sometimes um, it is kind of like a little bit more taboo to talk about, you know, we're still not widely accepted, which is a shame, but it doesn't matter because as long as we're helping people, like you say, you know, uh, that's, that's the main thing, you know, what else can you, what else can you ask for? So, um, as we kind of still talk about the police, is there anything else where you feel, you know, you could go further with it? Is there anything else you would like? I mean, you, you look at people where sadly you've still got the case of say Madeline, Madeline McCann, you know, mm. have you ever been right. approached to help there? Have you, or have you ever, you know, I'm asking you to solve it now, but high profile, should we say high profile cases? You know, have you ever been mm. approached for something? I have, I have worked that case, but high profile as in something like that. Yeah, I have worked on um, a very high profile case. I can't go into the detail, but I yeah, have worked on a very, very. I don't expect you to go into it, you know. Yeah. Um, I have worked on one very in-depth detailed case, which is extremely high profile and was in a lot of the papers and magazines. Um, it was actually one of my cases a way back start. And the only thing I can say is that sometimes in a case, right, and this is the sad part, okay, people are like somebody, for example, if somebody goes missing and they can't find the person, there's an example, right, and this has gone on for a period of time. Sometimes you don't get the full story. And what I mean by that is, like, for example, I'll give an example. Let's say for talks, like hypothetically speaking, you went out, the, out to the door tomorrow and you disappeared. Everybody has their own version of what happened before you left the house. But sometimes people leave parts of the story out. And in comes a psychic medium later on who gets the end of the remains, then gets the middle of the story, then gets the start of the story. And sometimes people can cloud their own vision of what they want the public to know and what they want to keep behind closed doors. So like, there's a lot of things sometimes when you do a case that aren't straightforward either. And there's people you meet along the way that basically, yes, they want to find their remains, but there's certain things they don't want to come out either in the case. So it can be very complicated too. Not everything is as straight as it looks. The, the reason I asked, I asked that is because you touched upon something before. And uh, I asked that question um, because when, and I refer back to that high profile case uh, of, of that little girl, is because at the time I remember the UK alone must have had about 15,000 coming out of the woodwork. They're all mediums, they're all psychics, they all knew where she was. Do you know what I mean? They all, and like you said before, you can have 10 genuine mediums and 20, you know. It was just out there see, for the fame and glory and the look at me and what I can do. Yeah, so you see, that's that's yeah. the problem you have when when the case goes to a public newspaper, right? You'll have the whole countryside coming out giving you different. Like I don't agree with this. Now this is my I honestly don't agree. When you read in a paper where some a medium psychic says, "Oh, I think the remains are beside water." Now I'm sorry, that doesn't wash in my world. You don't say that to anybody. You want when somebody says something, they want a map. You want specifics. You anybody could come out with water. That could be anywhere. You want detail. And I find that um, some cases are, as I said, are not straightforward. And there's a lot of detail and a lot of things that don't you don't you don't see in the papers. And it's never straightforward stories of missing people. They never are. 
they're never always straightforward. There's always something that's missing from the story. Really, what you're doing is you're doing a great job. But like you said, there's always bits of missing parts of the story. And as you'll know as well from just doing your own private work and demonstrations, that kind of thing, you know, you've got someone who's passed in tragic circumstances. Yeah. Away from murder, you know, they've taken their own life or, uh, exactly, you know, yeah. like that. And like you said, sometimes it's just that little bit you know, where, like you said, they've walked out and they've left something behind and a psychic or a medium can come in and just tell that family, you know, where the letter is or, you know, what they've done just before or who they tried to contact or ring. There's little things what, you know, uh, sometimes people get hurt from. Yeah, and you see sometimes when somebody, um, if somebody walks out through a door and they disappear, okay, and then you have people coming forward saying, oh, they've seen them here, they've seen them there. And it wasn't them at all. There's a lot of things that can confuse the case, right? And sometimes when I come along and I give the end, the middle and the start of the story, it's not corresponding with what that person wants to believe either. People belong to the person that's missing. You see, you can have a lot of conflict. People want the remains, but they don't want the reality or the truth of what really happened to that person. And sometimes people, I know this sounds no disrespect to anybody, sometimes people can build shrines to people that are missing, okay? They build a shrine, okay? That's understand. I respect anybody's views, right? But at the same time, they don't want the full truth of the case coming out either. Yeah. I've had that very controversial situations. Yeah, yeah. It's very difficult, I mean, you know, to, to be able to do your work and have that sensitivity as well and the responsibility, uh, you know, all respect to you. Like, uh, I know that's. I had. Go on. Sorry, what are you going to say? No, I was just going to say, I, I know that's only a small part of your actual work of what you actually do as a medium, uh, you know, uh, working with the police. You also do your private readings, like you say, you have, you know, yeah. uh, either online or in person. Um, but you've gone from church, we, we touched upon it before, Hazel, uh, where you are now starting, I believe, to want to go out to maybe a wider audience. So yeah, I'm actually, see, yeah. can we see Hazel on tour anytime soon? Well, I'm, on, I'm actually in Belfast. I'm starting in Belfast now on the 27th of June in the Crumlin Road Jail on stage doing mediumship, psychic mediumship. And then I'm hoping to move a few more dates along the way. Hopefully come down at some stage as well. Well, I know we're trying to get that, um, get that sorted. I know we've had a, a quiet chat between us. We're definitely... Yeah. Uh, no, I want to... Um, my readings and the work, the way I work is, even though I do private readings, I do be on Facebook now and again, and I do messages and give messages out. I was on there last Saturday night on my page. And I like to see people, I like people to see how I work. And I want to go on stage, but I want to do it my own way, without any restrictions. And what I mean by restrictions, when you're in the church, you have certain guidelines. When you're doing the platform, you do the stage, you can do it your own way. And that's what I want to do. Well, you can, uh, you can just be you, can't you? And... Yeah. Expensive. You know, you still have that respect of what you're doing, but you can be a bit more in depth and a bit more, you know, uh, more detail and that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I think I think when you're doing it on stage and a loved one comes through, you can tell exactly that love that person in the audience exactly what that loved one is saying, the word for word. Whereas when you're on the platform, you have to say it a different way, and you're making your way, and it's slightly different. So that's why you can just run with the message just the way it's meant to be when you do it on stage. I, I mean, I don't, 
through choice, I don't do many churches now, uh, but I do a lot of uh, theatre work and stage work and, you know, halls and whatever else. And, and it's, uh, I love it. It's just a completely different, you know, I can be me. Like you said, I can be me. Yeah. You know, and I'm not restricted. Yeah. Uh, but I still have that respect for what I do. Uh, so as I'm asking everybody, uh, Hazel, uh, you may have already answered it. And if you had, that's fine. But what would you say has been your best and what's been your worst experience as you've done your work as a medium? My best, possibly all the fascinating people I've met over the years from age 18 to 91, the oldest lady ever. Um, I've met different types of people, different backgrounds, but they've all been able to gain something from their private readings or from a message on Facebook, or they've met me along the way. The worst, um, one, of the, one of the cases I worked on, um, it broke my heart, to be honest, because I learned a very hard lesson at the start, never to get emotionally involved in the case. That was one, that was my biggest mistake. I learned that a long time ago. Um, no one where the remains is of a body and being stopped from getting there and not being allowed to do a certain thing and people belonging to a family stopping you from doing what you want to do. That's been the worst one, to be perfectly honest. And having somebody that is missing stand in front of you, the spirit form, crying, wanting to be found, and you're trying to get those remains dug up and certain people are stopping you from doing that. That was the worst one, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, yeah, I totally understand that, especially when you've got, um, like you said, the spirit world or that spirit person saying, you know. I'm that was the worst, yeah. Uh, and, and then wanting to go to a certain uh, area to dig them up. Yeah, and they wouldn't let you. Maybe just stop you from doing it or, you know. Yeah, that's the heartbreaking one. That was the one, one. But I do believe that even though I was stopped from going to a certain area to dig up a certain situation, a very high profile case, actually, to be honest, I know my heart and soul that those remains will be found. It might take a bit longer, but they will be found. But being stopped by people connected to that case, that was heartbreaking. Yeah. That was sad. It actually took a lot out of me. I learned an awful lot from it, not to get emotionally involved, but it broke my heart that the person in question was standing there crying and wanted the remains found, but it was being stopped by other people. I'm a, I'm a great believer, Aislinn, you know, uh, when I ask these questions about, we've all had... For people to me, say I've never really had a bad reading or a bad case or a bad experience. You know, I'm thinking, well, we've all had because we've got to learn. You know, there's always a lesson, and your lesson there was don't get emotionally involved. So you've learned something from that, even though it's a, a bad experience for you. You know, you've taken something away, and you've learned a lesson from that. So there's always something yeah. to learn. But my heart, but it, like because I'm so sensitive to the work, because we are very sensitive people because of this type of work that we both do, right? And you are very sensitive as a medium, right? I think when you have a spirit stand in front of you and it's Christmas Eve, I'll never forget it, right? And they're standing crying from the spirit world and they want to be found and you're standing there and you feel completely helpless. You've done everything you could possibly do. You've moved mountains and you're being blocked. That's heartbreaking. Yeah, that's why I say sometimes, what you read in the paper, is not the true story that goes on in the background. There is always twists to any case that you're on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's totally fascinating. And you know, as we're coming to the end of this now, and uh, you talked about your private readings, and you talked about your work uh, as you're going. Uh, hopefully, now you're starting your tour when we can go out and uh, and do yeah. 
because uh, at the moment, uh, as we all know, we're all in lockdown and uh, what have you. So, mm. where can people find you, Hazel? Where can they get in touch with you to book you for a reading or to actually come and see you uh, live okay. somewhere? Where can they get in touch with you? Well, you can get me on Facebook, Hazel McGuinness McWall, and you can also get me, um, all my details are there. And also you can text me on my mobile, which is 077 if you want to book a phone reading. All my information is online and you'll see it all there. And that's and also you'll see that on the Facebook page, the tickets for Belfast later on as well. So it's all in public. You couldn't, you couldn't lose me there. I'm on the page. You couldn't miss me. So head over to Facebook and, um, and, and you know, I'll message you there. And obviously that, that number mm. you can text as well for uh, all her mm. details. Um, and also, uh, I know there's a website hopefully coming soon, you know, so that will be put onto your Facebook page where people can also see you and your tour dates and your dates. And uh, you know, yeah. Uh, also, I must say as well, before we do finish, you know, head over to Hazel's page every now and again, every uh, couple of weeks or so. Uh, Hazel does jump on there and give just little snap readings and uh, uh, if nothing else she can talk for England so it's, uh, it's entertaining <laughs> to listen to especially uh, listening to the accent I was listening just the other night I'm thinking I can just listen to the accent let alone what you're saying uh, but Hazel, I know people say that and I just said <laughs> to you thank you so much uh, for coming and sharing your experience and your stories uh, with us uh, this afternoon um, and uh, as I say thank you so much Thank you very much. Okay. How do you feel that went? I went fine. I that went well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And thank you again to our guests this week. And for you for listening in. Don't forget, next week we'll have another guest talking all things psychic. But for now, you can click the follow button below. Like our Facebook page and also subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Psychic Chat Show, to keep up to date on all our podcasts. Till next week, keep safe and look after each other. The views and opinions expressed in this episode of the Psychic Chat Show are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Gareth Lewis and the Psychic Chat Show podcast. Any content provided by our guests are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organisation, company, individual or anyone or anything.